Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's Sunday morning. Tomorrow is Arab Rosh Hashanah. Let me um, say a few words about Rosh Hashanah stuff. And uh, this is for Mishpacha Stefanski, uh, sponsoring this. And um, I'll get right to it. You know, um, there are no coincidences. It so happens that I've got to give a talk in the university next month for a conference on something. And it has to do with Provence and the medieval rabbinical stuff in Provence. And therefore, I was looking around at this place and that. And it just happened to be this past week, uh, Bernie Litek sent me from Israel very nicely the uh, some of the collected essays from Professor Chaim Salvechik. And in there, it's got a lot of his old stuff. And one of them is all about the Rivet, uh, who's the greatest region of Provence, let's put it that way. And uh, it's all academic politics, you know, uh, Chaim Salvechik's brother-in-law was Isidore Tversky, right, from Harvard. And he wrote his dissertation and his book on the Ribbit back in 1962, which is a few years ago. And subsequently, the brother-in-law, Salvechik, wrote a big uh, article uh, crit- criticizing it in the academic grounds, because that's not who the Ribbit is. The way you presented Ribbit is not the real Ribbit, and, uh, or inadequate picture. And he made a very good case. And uh, to make it simple for you, you know, if I say to Ravid, you think immediately of the Ravid on the Rambam, the Hasogas Ravid. Of course, I get that. But the point is, he says, that's a tiny bit of who the Ravid was. It's nowhere re- where who the Ravid really was. And the Ravid got a hold of the Rambam and wrote his Hasogas like in the last two years of his life. So notice, that's not who the Ravid, that, if anything, the Hasogas Ravid is nothing but a product of the stuff that the Rabbi has been doing much earlier, over decades, and he made the case, and look, he's a genius, you know, that you can find hundreds of quotes from the Rabbi in the Ramban, the Rajvah, and the Ritva. So knows the Rabbi, as he says, Chaim Salvechik is one of the five or six or seven leading Rishonim of the last thousand years, which is a heck of a statement, you know. Let me put it this way. Everybody would say Rashi, the Ramban, uh, you know, Rajvah, I think to be that's the first three or four that will come to your mind. Isn't that true? Roughly speaking. Rabbeinu Tom, you know, something like that. I don't know if you'd think to arrive it. And, he's, and that's a goof of what Salvation wants to do. He said, want to slug up that idea. And they say, derive it is mainly a person who, whose, whose chedushin are huge and uh, in, in quantity and quality in both. But you find them quoted elsewhere mostly, right? So if you're talking about the Ramban, the Rashi, the Ritva, and, and Duran and all that, that's where you find the, the rabbit. At least that's my understanding of the essay. And in the course of it, you know, he went on. It's it's a long business. And it happens to be that I read part of it. And yesterday, I came back from lunch in the afternoon uh, to my room, to my office. And the article was half read, read. And, you know, I was half asleep, half not asleep, as one is sometimes on Shabbos. 
And I read the last few pages of the article in which he goes into uh, one of the facts about the Ravid, uh which is that he has a huge enmity, a, a, a hatred, between the Ravid and the Balamor. These are two people who were who went to the same age, lived in the same place in Provence. The Ravid lived in Pasquier's and the uh, Balamor is in Luniel. They're not far from each other. It's both Provence. It's the 1100s. I believe they both went to the same yeshivas. They're probably related. And um, I don't know if they were rich. I remember the, the Ravid was rich. I don't know about the Balamor. And, uh, but boy, did they have it against each other. So they were bitter rivals of some sort or another, which is not something that the average person knows, right? And this rivalry expressed itself over decades in stalking each other, as you'll see in a second. You'll see what this has to do with Rosh Hashanah. And uh, therefore, in the writings, they mama stuck each other in a big way. Now, the truth is, I should remember this because many years ago, uh, I don't remember how long I got the book from uh, Toshma, Professor Yisrael Toshma, who really knew his stuff, who I think did his dissertation when he was younger in Israel on the Balamor, and uh, published it in a book, which I picked up in Israel one time or another. Um, and it's a Moser of Cook of all places. And uh, it's called Zachary Halevi Balamor B'nei Chugo. Zachary Halevi, that's the Balamor, and his circle. In other words, in his times. And, you know, anything that he did, he does well. And he mamish was my in the Sugya. And he has all this stuff on the Balamor. Now, he's kind of lengthy. I didn't do justice to it. I have to say. But Salvation obviously read it very closely and, and, and quotes it. And then when I looked back, I see what he's talking about. They really, and it, There's a, a continuing literary battle for decades between the two. He has a chapter here called Sifri Harivos Ben Harivot Ben Zrachi Alevi. I'll tell you the truth. I knew there was a safer called Divri Rivos where they argue about Stamienum or something like that, uh, which was published by Bernard Dragman of all things. And that's a whole story by itself. But um, not to any detail like this. So I'm going to cut to the chase. So he brought a, 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 an example of the stocking in a major way um, from the following. The Ravid, I don't think most of us knows what the Ravid wrote. Ask the, ask, the, ask the average guy. Was he? I mean, the average time of what did the Ravid write? Well, he got the Hasagas, obviously. Okay. What else he got? You probably will know that the Ravid wrote the, what is it called, the Bali Nefesh, you know, Anita and that stuff. A lot of people heard about that. I heard about that. Uh, you may or may not be familiar with the fact that the Ravid wrote a Pirish on Kenan, which is an unusual Masech. He seems to be into that unusual stuff. Why not? You know, Malcolm Hinechulil is Garibah, nothing wrong with that. And he wrote a few other things. Okay? Um, I'm not going into the details of the nature of these different forms. Salvation has it in huge detail. In English, if this is subject that interests you. One of them is a book attacking the Balamor called Kasub Sham. Okay? And uh, it wasn't really known that long ago. No, there were very small manuscripts of it. It wasn't done right. You know what I mean? And maybe one of the reasons is because the Ravid stuck to the Balamor big time. I mean, in a personal way. Um, and what happened, if I understand this correctly, is 
that somebody in Israel, in fact, uh, I'm going to read you. This is this is just kind of interesting. Um, I'm reading from Salvation's Oracle. The Ksubsham is not found in the first printing of the Balamor in the 1500s. Professor Marx wrote about it. In the 30s and 40s, a guy named Hasidah did a bigger job, but still not um, uh, full. In 1957, the Kasub Shom on Rosh Hashanah and Sukkot were published by Bernard Bergman. That's the one I want to talk about now. And uh, a lot of it was missing. And only in 1990 was the full business of Kasub Shom published, this, this uh, rivet attack on this safer which is consisting, you know, no, let's put it this way. The same way that the derivative attacks the Rambam, but with greater bitterness, he attacks the Balamar. And 35 years later, it was published in 1990, but Be'ilam Shame, you know what I mean? The author, whoever put it out, didn't write his name. He put it anonymously because they're afraid. I mean, it is derivative, but it was it's controversial. Let's put it this way. Published by Machon Lekheker Kisviyad Shalchasam Sover. And then, 15 years later, which would be 2005, the editor, Chaim Freiman, signed his name. Okay, fine. Okay. So, here's my... In the new... Um, I see. I have with me the Oswater, you know. I like the one with the Nakudas, you know. So, um, I bought that set. Surprise, surprise. But aside from that, they have all the nice Oswater stuff, including a nice riff in the back. It's a, it's it's reprinted, you know. Not Nakudas, but it's very nice. And it's a good job. And so I'm reading here, and he talks about some bitter passage, which derived rights to attack something that the, the Balamor said in connection with Rosh Hashanah, which is, leads me to what I'm going to say now. And uh, I was looking at it, and then I had to go to Shul to give it a shear, but in Mechatan, I pulled out my copy of the Sefer, and I saw... In other words, of Gomorrah, and I saw, boy, oh boy, he's got the whole business here. So I'm going to share with you uh, right away. This is be at the end of um, in the fourth pack of Rosh Hashanah. It's in Lamed Bay's in the pages of the Rift. And it's a piece from the Balamor. And the Balamor is trying to understand a, a basic question that we all have, which is, which is the main shofar blowing? Is it the, the, the key is the Miyusha or the key is the movement? I, I touched on it the other day. And there's the debates on this in the Rishonim, you know. This one says the main thing is the Miyoshev, the other one says the main thing is the moment. The question, of course, always is, um, then why do you make the bracha? If, if, if the main thing is in the Shemin Esri, you should make the bracha then. If you're only doing Tiyas Miyoshev, Kedei La'arv, if it's a Sultan, whatever that means, then that should not be the bracha. The bracha should be, you know, in the Shemin Esri. Isn't that right? Malchus Yisrochonus and Shofrits. Or not, and it, like I say, there are different approaches, variations, etc., etc. Um, to explain why this is, the tour, whatever. You understand, by the way, that even Kedel Arvis the Sultan is not so simple to understand. A lot of people don't get this right. You know, Rashi, the way you and I usually correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> the way you and I usually understand it is like this. Why do you blow my token kashin yoshwin token shim omdin? The Gemara says, Why do you blow twice? And the answer is, Larvis on to confuse Satan. So Rashi says that the Satan sees their mechab of the mitzvahs, he freaks out. That's the irbubasatan. So Pashmashat is, 
they reply to the kias to Mishav. In other words, Satan says like this, they're supposed to be Mekayim the Mitzvah in Shemon Esri. I see they're even doing it before Shemon Esri. Wow, that must mean because they're Mechavim and Mitzvah, they love the Mitzvahs. Gee, that makes me confused. So in other words, the Tekiyas to Meyushim, the, the original Tekiyas that you say in the service, before Shemon Esri, those are the Tekiyas that are um, confusing the Satan. But Tos is very famously, I know you know this, Tos very famously says, it's like Yerushalmi, that the Satan thinks it's a Yom Hagi, uh, uh, you talk about Shavar Godol, and it'll be the death of death. The Malcolm always be killed. And so when he hears Shipura, how's it go? You know, one time, Bohil Vlo Bohil. And when he hears the second one, he mamish totally freaks. He says, This is it. They're coming to get me. You know, this is the big one, like Sanford and Son. You know, this is it. And that's what freaks him out. If that's the case, then according to Tosus, the the Tekias, which are Ma'arvis son, are the Malchis Tekonis and Shavar, the ones you do in the Shemin Esri. Isn't that funny? The, ones you, the reason you do the first ones are so the second ones will freak him out. Because if you only did it in the Shemon Esri, according to the strict din, then they'd be simply fulfilling the, the, the laws. And at the most, the Sultan would be bohov lobo. He'd just be a little worried. It's because they, they're the second set of blasts that it freaks him out. So in other words, according to Rashi, the, what is Ma'arvev is the Sultan or the first uh, Tekiyas and in the Miyushim, and according to Tosis, the other ones. I don't think that's confusing what I just said. Okay, let it be. So, it's, you know, and there are other opinions in Rishon. I, I don't want to make a sheer out of it. Now, I uh, just want to do a short thing. But you end up with the funny situation that you're making the bracha, the Shemuel Kol Shofar and all that, at least according to Rashi, on, uh, I, yeah, on, on the non-essential part. Because the main one is the, uh, is the one you do in Shemun so there are answers for that, you know. I mean, there are answers for that. You can look it up yourself. I just want to call your attention, because of the history perspective, to the following. Um, there's a Balamore here, as they say on page Lamed Base, and it Balamore says, you know, when I was young, it was always easy to do the Balamore and Yeshiva. The Rambans were hard because, first of all, they're very long and simple. The 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 the, the print was always bad. <laughs> Not here though. Here it's a Machayat. So Masha Nogaliskoa called Tikias Kishin Yoshin Mavarchalan Brichas Tikia. Why do you blow all the the Tikias of Miyushav and make the Bracha then? Nearly so the Balamor says, Kilohayakin Bimi Rabasina Khachmeatalan. That the idea of um blowing the shofar and by the way, in this um new set, I I don't think it was any old one, they have something here also called Shaman Lamor. So I'm looking at the Balamor, the Milchamas, and all that stuff. And there's something called Shem and Lamor, which is really great. It's like a little kahati on the Balamor. Can you believe it? In the Ozbader. It's really good. Anyway, nearly That's not the way it used to be. That you blow, uh, you make the bracha and everything by the Milshev. So in other words, they used to make the bracha later. By the Shimon Esri, I guess, or something like that. Um, and what we do, what you and I do today, you and I, is recent. Shehinigu Doris Achronin, right? Mishum Cholin and Mishum Anusin. That's fantastic. The reason they did it was because there are sick people who come to Shul and can only stay for a short time, 
and they can't stay for the whole Musaf, which is going to be long, with the piyutim and the yotzers and so forth. And they won't hear the the, the, the 30 kolos. And so for practic- pragmatic reasons, they made a thing that they'll do shofar blowing for everybody now, with a bracha and all the rest of it. At least you'll hear your 30. You'll be yotze. And then the sick people will go home. And the congregation will proceed with the rest of the service. Umishum Anusin. And this is also fantastic. He says like this, he had the Muranos, let's put it that way. There were Jews who were afraid to be seen. Notice they converted. They're Anusin. This is a drama. Here you have a movie. But they want to be in Shul on, on, on Shoverbling. Is that something? The Jew is like that. The old Jew. You know, you may have converted or found yourself forced to convert, but you can't let Rosh Hashanah go by without hearing shofar. Okay? But on the other hand, it's dangerous. And so, you can't have somebody who's formerly, let's say, for example, converted to Catholic, show up in the Jewish synagogue and be there for hours. The most he can do is come for five minutes, ten minutes, and then leave. Therefore, they have to make a kiss to Mishal. And imagine if you did all 30 without any uh, Yehi in the middle. So you knock it off in five minutes. Done. And then you leave. So they come. To, I, I'm telling you, it's a movie. Somebody can't be seen being in the synagogue. He comes with a hood over his head or something. The whole ceremony takes five, eight minutes. And then he leaves. And it was Yaitzel, Tkiya Shofar. I, he's a Christian. He's an Anusim. They couldn't help it. You know, they're, they're, they're forced. So that's just a very, this is, by the way, this is a suggestion. This is about more suggesting this is where it came from. So, They come early and leave early from the shul. They can only stay a short time. And they can't wait till Musaf. They can't daven the Musaf, you know, in the early part of the day. As Imar says, they have to wait till the second half of the morning. And in the in the in the public davening, it goes very long because people spend a lot of time and they on Fushi Krobus they do a lot of uh, yotzeris and so forth. So that wouldn't work. So they instituted, right? The tkiyas miyushav, v'nhigul avarch aleim bracha tkiyah b'mabeya katsar, and they made a very short bracha, you know, just l'shmo kol shofar. And he goes on to defend this and that and the other. Okay, um, he could be. He's not only talking about the bracha here now that I'm reading it. Maybe he's trying to say what the Gemara means by k'day larvis asotin. You know, larvis asotin. Could that mean? And now I'm reading it here. Could that mean for the Muranos or something like that? Um, I don't know, but that that's what he says. Okay? So like I said before, it's a suggestion. Um, okay, fine with me. Balamar. So I'm looking here on the side. And again, I got this out as a salvation thing. And he says like this. On the Kasim Shom. Um, and the... Oh, and... and, and if that's true, then all this is like, you know, so to speak, like a bit of it. Um, 
Uh, well, One second. I will Iker, I'm going back to the Balmor. That's I will But the main brachas, therefore, is not the bracha of, of um, for the shofar is the you know lishmo called shofar. But what you do in the shemun esrei. Balim shaninu Okay. Now uh, the ba- the Ravid says like this. Now the reason I'm reading this, first of all, it's interesting. The second of all, I see salvation has the whole thing translated in the article, Professor Salvation. So listen to this. Uh, uh, I mean, let's put it this way. This is vituperative. He says boy did he does he have it wrong. And it's disgusting what he wrote. And uh, where, where is it over here? And uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Here it is. He has turned his sugya upside down, you know, like a inverted stomach, you know, which makes a trefer. Derech of our ruach emes meis called gaoni mamudiyolam meis called gedolam yishishim asher nomen exer ladabrito. What ill wind swept the truth away from all the gaonim? For the pillars of the earth, and from other great men, and decided to speak to him. Notice, where did Balamar come up with this? That all of a sudden, everybody else is wrong, he's right. What wind did that? Um, uh, if there's a spirit, it's a spirit of Sheker, you know, like false prophets in the Bible. God has filled his mouth, the Balamar's mouth, with Sheker. Um, and this attests to all of his lies and irresponsible statements. Right? Um, this, God has filled his mouth with falseness, and this attests to all of his lies and irresponsible statements, which gathered wind and lies in the cup of his hands to prophesy falsely and to mislead fools and stupid people with ornaments of others with which he decks himself. Notice, even his misstatements are not original, but stolen from others. Asher nesata behem sefer hamiras asher chibar, which you can find in the book of Hamiras, you know, that's a, like a trafe book, uh, which is fit to be burned. Now, um, so notice, let's put it this way, that's not like, he doesn't talk like that about the Rambam, <laughs> okay? You know, he may uh, criticize the Rambam, he doesn't talk like this. He obviously hated this guy, meaning he hated the Balmar. Uh, <laughs> I mean, these are strong Lashonas over here, right? I'll turn to the lies that he's written, even though they're false, it is widely known to every creature. And uh, and then he goes on to attack him point by point. Okay? Which is, I'll be Shadarma, Forsam Chalisha Shabur Chaim, even though anybody should know this. Ech Yotza Mitzvah Zumi Klaak Shar Mitzvah, Ain Labrachas Mardea Kotzer. And he goes to attack him on um, on his argument that the Bracha, this is a side point, that the Bracha you make on the show for is a Bracha Kotzer, you know, instead of a long one. And the, the rabbi goes on to argue that the Brachas of the Machis of the Shabbos are the real Brachas on the. Um, on the chauffeur. Um da, 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 da. and Bishem Kah Hiskin Rabbi 
Ech heim over litkias, while Yeshlam ponim loachar shat kias meemsa heim, Moshin Malchis de Kronz Rishovas, Malchis for Takeas, the Kronz for Takeas, Shovas. If I read too long, you'll get confused. Uh, here's the point I want to get to. He says, all he's doing is doing what his father did, and his father made it wrong also. Harayah Shatavi me, I'll do so. Brechas at Seabird. The, the Balamor says, this is not, this is recent. It's not what they did when I was young. It was Kenus and Ishtana Minib. The father of the Balmor and Lunyel changed the system. If I understand correctly, they used to do nine, like I mentioned in my thing the other day, and then he went and switched it back to seven. Here, let me see what professors... Um, uh, I'm going to read you the, the translation of Salvation. I'll now return to the lies that he's written over here even though their falsehood is widely known to every living creature. The proof he cited from what he witnessed in his youth, that the congregation in the silent prayer did only seven, right? Uh, reply can be made, this change was originated by his father, meaning the Balmore's father, who changed the practice of Luniel on the base of the Ritzkias that I told you the other day you do seven, even though the Ritzkias would never agree to such a change. In other words, the Rivet says, the Ritzkias is... Uh, the statement about davening seven was theoretical and never tended to be applied because it would go counter to the universal practice because even in his time, no, they were already doing nine. Uh, the Balamor's father wished to stand out from the crowd with strange, new and unfounded religious practices and he found dummies to go along with him. <laughs> right? Uh, so now it's like we say today, he started the shtibel and did what and found a bunch of dummies to, to daven there, and he did whatever changes he wanted to do. And now he succeeded his father in attempting to change the religious rituals and to alter long-established practices. Okay, and and uh, and that's wrong, right? Begam who come tachas aviv l'shanos dosos v'lahachlev minhogas ve'yovet who ve'el kiyotzeba a thousand balamores should die. Rather than change the practice. Notice they go to seven instead of nine, all the rest of the hand is thousand like him should die. This is strong language. Okay? Um, this is why I think the safe was never published until recently. It's just interesting to me. How do I notice? I'm looking at this in the Ozbahadar Gemara. In other words, the Yeshiva world today in Israel, that's the Ozbahadar. Uh, they're putting it out there. I guess Lishlem is the Indian. So you can see all the opinions of Rishon on different matters. And when you get to this one, my goodness, they, this went on all their life. Uh, the Balamor wrote a whole uh, book attacking, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, Balanefesh, you know? I forget the title of it. And, uh, you know, back and forth. So you see that um, sometimes... What's the right word? Things can get out of hand, I guess. I don't know. Even though these are great people. But you see that they, you know, it wasn't necessarily Ezvahe Vesufa because um, questions about Menhagen and where you do things in, in, in the liturgy mattered a lot to people. And Rosh Hashanah, as we've seen, is a funny area when it comes to all this. Rosh Hashanah is a time where the Mal- you know, we don't know the kids to music, kids to when you make bracha, not make a bracha. 
you can add to it neshima achas shtei neshimas. It's 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 funny in the in the, in the in the way that it it kind of developed, and um, I don't know if there's any echo of this like in the other Rishonim. I don't think they bring down all these stark Rishonim, but there you have it. Like I said before, what I read today is not from um, you know an academic journal. What I read today is from the Ozva Hunter Gemara in the back of the Rift. <laughs> okay, so you see that. Uh, the Ravid did not have a high opinion of Balmor as putting it lightly. And uh, he thought the idea that I just said before, which I think is just an interesting one. I don't, I don't know if it's true. Uh, you know, it's a suggestion. But it, 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 to me, it's just historically interesting. I could hear that they would create a chauffeur blowing for the Cholim and the Anusim. Uh, because it's a very famous that Jews, once upon a time, want to hear the chauffeur. Uh, that's the reason that, um, you know, that's the reason that you have so many stories, you know, Jews come three times a year, and they come for a chauffeur. And even today, at least in my lifetime, now Baltimore is a firmer place. But, you know, years ago, you had those modern Orthodox type of things. By that, I mean not modern Orthodox in the sense of today, but, uh, like, you know, like YU or something like that, I don't mean that at all. Rather, the non-observant Orthodox of yesteryear, they used to come for Rosh Hashanah and what they come? They came for Shavu Blowing. You know, maybe for the rabbi's speech, they didn't stay three hours, four hours for the Musaf, you know, unless you had a fantastic cousin. Um, and on Yom Kippur, you came mainly for the Yisker, you know. There, there are things that are in the blood or in the sociology of the Jews. And um, the, the chauffeur Blowing, you know, spoke to them. Now, I don't know if this is true today, and there's a essay from Yisrael Salanter who says that the chauffeur no longer speaks us the same way he did, which is goofy why he says you need Musser, you know, Musser Seder. Once upon a time, a chauffeur did it, like the Rambam says, Uri Shen Mishanatzchan, and Yisrael Salanter, it's not me talking, says, we see today, it doesn't work. People hear the chauffeur, and it doesn't, doesn't affect them the same way. Maybe now things are a little different. I don't know. Uh, everybody thinks whatever they think in the chauffeur. That's a separate schmooze. But I thought that this um, suggestion of uh, where it came from, the Meyushab and the brachas and all the rest of it, and the fact you make a brachas over there, is historically very, um, what's the right word? I don't want to say tantalizing. That's not the right word. It's very interesting. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a stimulating. Uh, anyway, if you want to, you can look at the, the Balmore. It's always easy to read. This uh, Rivet, my goodness, my goodness, you know, he is really uh, going wild on this. And I wouldn't have even known this, to be honest with you, uh, if I didn't see the Salvation article yesterday. Because the Kasu Sham, this is in the Ozra Hunter. It wasn't in the old Gemars. It wasn't published until 1950, uh, 1990 in a full edition. And one of the uh, Mesechtas that was extremely deficient was Rosh Hashanah. Well, gee whiz, I can see why now. If they got this kind of stuff in there, it's very PC incorrect. Um, anyway, so I just wanted to share an, an interesting, what I consider an interesting historical tidbit in the context of Rosh Hashanah. With that, I bid you a good day. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.com 
support.rabbidavidkatz.com.